You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As it says, this is Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. On today's show, we will talk about the game from last night against the Texas Rangers. Um, that broke up the Indians' little winning streak. Uh, the big news being the return of Mike Clevenger. We'll focus on that uh, for the first half of the show. The second half of the show, we're going to go back into the draft. Um, the top 10 rounds, uh, every single player assigned, we have all of that signing information. I'm going to kind of go through that and relay what I find interesting and talk about the numbers, how much the Indians have left. Um, I don't have any day three uh, numbers at this point, so uh, keep that in mind uh, that things could change very quickly or could already be out of date. Uh, we'll also look at some of the top minor league performances, and uh, we'll you know give a few seconds to my, Matt Whitehouse, uh, who's been a great organizational soldier who was released today, uh, bounced around, uh, never complained, always was a useful pitcher. Um, this is kind of the sad time of year because as these prospects sign, players get pushed up, and you know a lot of guys who have put their heart and soul and made no money. Uh, pitching in the minors are going to see their careers and dreams come to an end. So, you know, again, Matt Whitehouse was the consummate good soldier for the Indians, and um, I understand why they did it. He didn't really have a major league future, but I wish him well in all future endeavors. Speaking of wishing well, I wish uh, Mike Clevenger had been a little more well today. The Indians drop uh, game one to uh, Texas. Lance Lynn, who's been more of a back-end starter, um, gave the Indians offense fits. Uh, it's been a common refrain throughout the year. No walks, just six hits. Uh, Ramirez had an extra base hit, and Mercado, I'm sorry, and Lindor had his 12th home run. Uh, Mercado also homered. That was off of Josh Leclerc, who came in to uh, relieve him in the eighth. For Clevenger, he it wasn't give up five runs, so it's easy to say it's a bad outing. But when you're looking at just the straight numbers on this, um, you know he he struck out seven in four and two thirds. He only gave up three hits. He walked three. Um, it's a degree of an unlucky outing for him. He was not as bad as a five run in under five innings would say for a guy coming back. Was he as good as he was in his first two starts? No, not at all. But this wasn't an awful start. Um, it's like when, I mean, they only reached base six times against him. But five of those six runners came across. That's uh, that high of a, a level is not going to happen. Um, in a typical game. It was surprising to see them having su success as well running on uh, Perez. Typically that's a strength of his, but they got two stolen bases. But again, uh, five out of six base runners reaching bases, or reaching base, five out of six base runners scoring is, uh, is a really high amount. Um, Clippard came in, you know, was all right. Uh, Olsen continuing to, to struggle. He's one of those guys that... You know, two years ago, he was so good for the Indians, and then last year, he was not, and um, this year, he has been mediocre. Uh, being a lefty, he's always going to get opportunities, um, but, I mean, 
let's see, 2017, yeah, uh, he didn't give up a run over 20 innings in the majors. Uh, 2018, he started out high in the pen, only ended up pitching 27 innings. Walk rate jumped, home run rate jumped. Uh, this year, his strikeout rate is the lowest it's been over the past few years. Um, the walk rate is is high again, almost four. The home run rate is almost one, so not ideal. And the uh, hit rate is over 10, so he's getting hit a lot. You go through the numbers, and it shows a guy who's not being super effective uh, in his 19 innings. He's He's gotten a bit lucky. Um, Let's see, he will be, he's not even arbitration eligible, though, and he's a left-hander who has had some success in the majors. Uh, he's not arbitration eligible for eligible for another two years, so he's probably going to be sticking around, but I just don't know how you can uh, trust him at this point. He really hasn't shown me anything there to believe that he is a consistent option to be called on in the pen. The problem is uh, you've got three lefties in the pen uh, at this point, and if Josh A. Smith isn't uh, there. So your three lefties are Oliver Perez, who has not been effective, but is, is making a pretty sizable chunk. Tyler Olson, who has not been effective, but is cheap. And Brad Hand, who's been super effective, but is your closer, so you can't use in left-on-left uh, -left situations. Uh, for as good as the pen has been and all the nice pieces, they really don't have a consistent middle innings lefty at all at this point. And, uh, you know, it, Olson. I, I don't think is the option. Uh, Simber, good. Cole, good. Uh, yeah, offensively, you know, Lindor had the home run. Bowers went two for four. So for all the belly aching about him, he's been that average has been sneaking up. The on base percentage and slugging have been sneaking up. He's again, he you know, there's the good, the bad, and the indifferent. He's one of the indifferent for the Indians this year. Uh, Kipnis followed up his great game by being atrocious, and that's you know why you keep him in the four hole. You definitely want to have your worst hitter in your lineup hitting cleanup. Uh, Perez, who'd been hot, cooled down uh, in this one. Naquin couldn't get anything together, and uh, Leonis Martin, I, I don't think he's going to last the year with the Indians. Let me put it that way. Uh, it is a little weird looking on the other side of things and seeing, the, you know, the Rangers who are currently leading in the wild card have Estrupo Cabrera hitting cleanup for them. Uh, I, it, you know, it, I never thought I'd see the day where uh, he would be a better alternative at second base than Kipnis. I, it just, it felt like, because he debuted so young with the Indians, it just always felt like he was older than he, he really is. Um, so it might be a surprise to find out that, like, there's just a year difference between those two. Astrubal is a, a year older, like a year and a half. So the Indians lose this one. It's uh, not what you want to see uh, just because, I mean, you're facing the team that you're trying to track down on the wild card. They need – it's a four-game series, and they really need to uh, win the next three to kind of give themselves some breathing room in terms of moving into that uh, that wild card spot and uh, – you know, taking resting control of it away from other teams. Uh, so as we go down here, this is all, oh, because I was looking too far ahead. So as I mentioned before, we have Plesak tomorrow against Samson. Samson is about as good as Lynn, but the Indians have 
struggled with mediocre pitching this year. Um, Wednesday, I don't think the starter's been announced against Plutko. And Thursday is the toughest matchup. Mike Miner um, is their best pitcher. At the same time, the Indians have been so much better against lefties this year because Roberto Perez hits lefties much better, and Jordan Leplo has been one of their you know five best hitters. The lineup is all of a sudden better prepared to face lefties than righties. Miner's still going to be a tough matchup because he's been so good this year. What is not a tough matchup is when you use Hotels.com to book your next vacation. Hotels.com saves you time. It saves you money. You go there. You put in your information, and it gives you the returns. um, With uh, and you're gonna by you booking with them, they make money. So they want to keep you coming back. Their whole model is keeping you happy. Hotels.com. They'll keep you happy. Bluechew.com. They are the sponsor. If you've ever been curious about the little blue pill, here's one that's chewable so it can get in your bloodstream quicker, and that allows it to take effect quicker. We have this deal with them where you go over to bluechew.com, use the promo code MLB, and you can get a free trial. You are going to have to pay the 5 bucks for shipping, but uh, you can get it discreetly mailed to your door and see what all the hype all these years has been about. Remember, you go to bluechew.com and you use the promo code MLB. Okay, and we're back. So I thought we'd lead off with some minor league talk and then go into the draft stuff. Uh, It was interesting that uh, today uh, Ethan Hankins had his debut with the Mahoning Valley Scrappers. Four innings, zero hits, zero runs, one walk, four Ks. Absolutely phenomenal. That is what you want to see. Um, Really, that Mahoning Valley team is just... I mean, yesterday, um, Brian Rocoyo had a home run. Renel Delgado had a home run. George Valera had a home run. Jonathan Engelman had a home run. Uh, those are all guys I've talked about as some interesting prospects. That's why, if you get a chance, Mahoning Valley is 100% the team to check out. They have depth for days. It is the most loaded squad in the Indians minor league system. This is not to say that uh, you know the other levels are barren. You can find a few interesting guys, at least four to five on every team. But uh, Mahoning Valley is 10, 11 deep. It is truly the team to check out and kind of shows the future of the Indians at this point. Now, I will give the caveat I always give that a lot of guys look good in short season ball in low A, even high A, and then get up to double A and get completely exposed. Um, We'll see how it goes. But uh, if nothing else, it is a fun team to watch right now. And, you know, Hankins is arguably the second highest ceiling pitcher in the Indian system. And it's great uh, seeing him get out there and pitch that well. You know, he's a young kid, really. It's just his first year out of, uh, you know, first full season. He would have just finished up his freshman year in college, let's put it that way. And he's going out and facing a lot of college players when he uh, pitching in short season ball. So that performance is really impressive to see. So draft talk. Uh, some people might be getting sick of this, so I apologize, but the draft is my thing. So the Indians have officially announced and signed a large uh, portion of their draft prospects. Uh, before I, I get into it, I don't, like I said, I don't have the day three money in front of me, but I do know that every player from day one and two is signed, and we have all of their slot values. So we just go through real quick, Espino, under slot, slightly, that it seems about right to... Uh, Valdez very slightly under spot slot and I'm kind of shocked that he got a million dollars just because the offensive profile is non-existent um 
Joe Naranjo got 200k over slot. That's a bit of a surprise as well, just because, um, you know, he was more ranked as a third, possibly fourth round prospect, so that he was that expensive. Cairo, 955,000. That is so much money for him. Uh, that's one of those things I just, I don't love. Uh, yeah, he was valued uh, pretty much in similar line with Valdez. They're very similar players. And he got, uh, Valdez was higher because his defensive potential was higher. But he got about the same amount of money. Hunter Gaddis got, uh, he got uh, almost 100K over slot. That was surprising just because he was not super effective this year um, pitching at the small school. Jordan Brown under slot was a bit of a surprise. He is a, a you know, good athlete, young for his class, size, a lot of potential. I, I can tell you right now when I do my, um, my shadow draft like Jordan Brown and uh Zayvon Curry will likely be picks that uh, 100% stay uh Curry was uh what a little more than 70,000 under slot uh effective my only concern there is the high uh home run rate he had as a starter but again he was a starter and he's 100% gonna be a reliever going forward um how about the Indians in Georgia this year though uh, Espino was a Georgia prep player Gaddis at Georgia State, Curry at Georgia Tech. They, uh, you go through, it's, you know, they had three Florida guys, three Georgia guys, two California guys, and the one kid from Kansas is our next player, Will Brennan. He got full slot, 163,000. That's surprising to me just because he didn't do anything that profiled um, plus outside a run. You're kind of hoping he can be a two-way player. There's some interesting stuff there. But, I mean, Kansas State isn't exactly a hotbed for developmental talent. The Indians have drafted a lot of college guys out of the Kansas area, though. So they obviously have a scout there they like, and he must have really liked Brennan's potential. Uh, Bartlett got nearly twice his slot value. That's not a surprise. IMG Academy kid. And then Zach Hart, after uh, eschewing senior science the past few years, he got the 500K, which is... Almost, I mean, I have seen like 2,000 or 1,500K signings, but the 500K is, that's about as bad as it gets. Um, he basically got a go and prove it type of contract. So he'll get his opportunity. Now, I plugged everything into um, an, ex well, technically a Google document. Um, I copied what I had done a year ago uh, just to save myself time and effort because I already have all the formulas pre-made. So at this point, the Indians, um, if I did my math correctly, their slot value was a little more than $6 million. Uh, they could then spend about uh, $300,000 more without uh, going over and losing a first-rounder next year. So basically, they got left with about 6.45 million. So they could spend almost 600 uh 6.5 million dollars without losing a first. At this point they have spent uh, $6,438,900. This is not counting any day 3 picks and again day 3 is I believe you can go up to 125. Um, I always tend to get that value but whatever it is it's that and anything beyond that then counts against your pool. So the Indians spent, I mean, they're already over pool. I was very wrong. 
I thought they had saved money on day one and two, but I did not expect Cairo to be that expensive when I stated that. I didn't expect uh, Naranjo to... I didn't expect a lot of those guys to be that expensive. Let's just get right down to it. Um, even someone like Curry, I thought, had a chance to be cheaper than where he went just because of the size and the home run issues. I thought Brown would be <coughs> more expensive. Um, I mean, realistically, I thought... Valdez would be a few hundred thousand less than that. Uh, I mean, almost everyone went for more than I expected, which is why, uh, except for Bartlett, it was about fair. Brown was, I expected to cost more. And Espino is about in line. I wouldn't have been surprised if he had costed full slot, to be honest. So this all comes down and comes back to, since they spent all of that on day three, without losing a draft pick, they could spend basically 19000 over slot. So there's one player that they could give that to. Last year, they spent um, all the way up to a dollar short of the penalty. Basically, on all of that spending, they'll take a, a 5% penalty, I want to say. So, you know, they're spending, what, about 300000 over slot. You know, you can do the quick math. 5% on that is what? A, I'm, uh, I'm going to look dumb here, but it's only like 30000 right? Or is it only 3000 Either way, it's not much money. Um so, and no, it would be like 150,000 or it'd be not 150, it'd be like 15 or one point, but whatever. Um, this is why I put things in uh, tables. Either way, it's not a huge penalty. They're not going to lose that draft pick. That is not something we need to worry about. They have very little extra to spend, which makes sense. They didn't really swing for the fences on any of those day three picks. And was it they'd signed 32 out of 40 players in this draft already? And you know, there was just some obvious guys we knew they weren't going to add. And they, I mean, it was a very safe draft on day two. Very safe. So, and on day three. Uh, so, that, you know, I expect most of these guys will get in. And you'll see some guys right about at slot. You'll see some guys getting 500. 500 you'll see some guys getting 5,000 some guys getting 10,000 it'll be all over the place but the draft class is pretty much in the books the guys they haven't signed at this point uh, I don't really see them signing it's not like a few years ago or even last year where they had a big chunk to throw at Corey Holland typically they save themselves a little bit to, to have some fun on day three and go out and try to to get a guy or two but it, that does not appear to be the case at all this year so Pretty much the 32 they have signed are the 32 that I expect them to get, and I expect, uh, I don't think there's going to be any more additions. They'll be over slot as they always are. Not quite as tight up against it as they were. Maybe they get like one more guy um, if they have not used that extra money. Sometimes there are those guys who will agree to, uh, you know, whatever the max amount they can get is without the team getting the penalty. But uh, the draft is in the books, and. For my money, the Indians added one top 10 prospect, probably only one player at slot in the top 15, uh, Naranjo, Valdez, Cairo. Those are all guys who would be like back end of the, the teens or the early 20s, um, and that would be my order, uh, Naranjo, Valdez, Cairo. So, I mean, I've already spoken enough. I'm not overly impressed with the draft class, but we'll see how it turns out in a few years. The Indians have been kind of back to struggling with uh, with the draft, 
and uh, you know they took a really intriguing talent early, and uh, hopefully I'll be wrong, and he won't have arm surgery before he reaches the majors, but the odds are against that. I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, remember, watch the games this week if you can. It's such an important series against Texas. Outside of this series, the Indians are back to facing the bottom feeders, so they have a real chance if they can take you know three out of four from Texas, which would allow them to take over the uh, the wild card spot, that they can really just roll off a, a nice stretch here and give themselves some ground. I want to remind you to uh, to subscribe and rate and review and all that fun stuff on the Himalaya app, Google Play, iTunes. All of that is huge for us. And as always, go Tribe.